Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austed's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Oh, am I going to enjoy this show today? Not that I don't enjoy every show. This is Jeff Kolpak. Welcome. This is 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. The website is 740thefan.com. This is KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios, a show always presented by Michelob Ultra. Later in the show, Mark Johnson, an old friend of the show, will uh, we're going to talk about the North Dakota Bobcat Open, the Bobcat North Dakota Open. And also he's opening up, um, he's, he's part of a group opening the Sweet Shots, the Top Gun, Top Gun, the Top Golf-like facility that's going up in South Fargo. I did a story on it with my job at the forum earlier this year, and I was Mark was tour, giving me a tour through the facility, and lo and behold, I ran into the architect, and I thought, wow, this is I'd love to have an architect on my show. I've been doing this for 17 years. I've never had an architect on this show, and she's here. Kim Matson joins us in studio. Thank you for being here, first of all. Thank you very much for having me. And this is your first show, too, so, it you know, is. we're... Um, a first uh, for both of it us. It is. So you are part of the, you're the principal architect at Design Resources Group, which is based in Fargo, a... North Dakota State graduate. That's about as much uh, uh, research as I've done on your career. But uh, this project, and maybe we just start right here, Kim, in that it's different. This isn't a house. This isn't a building somewhere downtown. This is a distinct, different facility. And when you first started taking on this project, what were some of the first steps you went through? Um, well, I actually wasn't involved initially. Okay. Um, I took the project over um, from somebody else at our firm who um, had left after the project had started. Okay. Um, but I was, you know, like familiar with some of the process that they had started with, and they initially toured uh, the Top Golf uh, facility in mm-hmm. Minneapolis um, to get some ideas, and then plus many of the other. Um, People involved in the project had been to other yep. uh, top golf locations and similar other facilities, uh, so they kind of knew um, as a basis where they wanted to kind of start from and and there, and it kind of evolved from there. Did you have to do a lot of research into? Uh, did th- were they f- giving in the information of their facility, like the bays have to be this long or, or this wide, and, and just the details of that? I can't imagine how different that is than a normal project. Yes, absolutely. It's a very unique uh, typology. And uh, when we went to tour there, I I went, uh, we took the engineers and our um, construction team mm-hmm. and part of the ownership group. And we went again to uh, the Top Golf. And the manager there, the general manager, was amazing. They were, okay. Yes, yeah. yep. He gave us the full tour behind the scenes, back of the house. He let us go up on the roof <laughs> um, and look all around and ask like all kinds of questions. Uh, so that was very helpful. Um, at that point in the project, we'd already had kind of our floor plan set and everything. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely different. <laughs> Are you a golfer? I, um, I like to golf, but yeah. I only am able to get out like 
couple times a year. Right now, in um, my kids are at the age where I spend a lot of time at a baseball field or sure. soccer field. Yeah. And I, so. I remember those days well. <laughs> Enjoy those days because next thing you know, they're in college. Right. Uh, but you you know golf, and so how did that help you? Uh, you know, if I were to take on a, a, a like a soccer project, I would have no idea. I don't know anything about soccer, but you know something about golf. Has a project changed as you've gone along here? Uh, no, I don't believe so because part of it too is like you don't have to be, you know, like a professional golfer. You don't have to be somebody that goes out all the time. You know, mm-hmm. this is a facility where kids can can go and and golf or people who have never golfed before and just go out and have a fun time. Yep. So I don't think that, you know, like I don't have a lot of golf experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more about learning about how the facility runs and all the kind of behind the scenes things, yep. the technology behind um, the facility. That's a, a huge part in this facility, which people don't realize, but that's good because that's all kind of sure. like back of the house stuff that they don't need to know about. They just need to come here and, and uh, have some fun. Kim Matson is the principal architect for Design Resources Group. Kind of take some time to join the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. What do you usually do as a as your principal architect? How different is this? What uh, or do you do everything and anything? A, a little bit of everything. Okay. Yep. I also manage the architecture department, so mm-hmm. um, you know, decide who's working on which projects in our department, making sure people have stuff to work on. People are uh, staying on track with with where they're supposed to be with their projects. Uh, plus, I have some of my own projects, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's all kinds of things around the office. Where are we in this timeline of the project of Sweet Shots? Which, again, for those that don't, if if you drive by I twenty nine anywhere, you'll know it now because the poles are are, are what one hundred and ten feet high just for the nettering, or, or one hundred fifty. I don't know. They're around one hundred fifty. Yeah. One hundred fifty feet, which is taller than the Fargo Dome, by the way. Right? A Fargo Dome, I think, is 110 feet high from wow. something like that. So that gives you a, a little scale on that. But where are you as far as a timeline of the project? Um, I'm not sure if we're giving out, like, definite dates. <laughs> oh, yeah, general, or this 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 fall? Yep, uh, late fall, early winter. Okay. Um, del- you know, delivery times for materials are still a very real and challenging part of this project, as with um, a lot of people are having with everybody is having with their projects. That's, that's industry wide. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It's it's not just people using. You know, you hear. Oh, they said it's still. You know, delivery. Mm-hmm. It's it's a real challenge with everybody right now. If materials with labor, um, even things that haven't been a you know a, have a long lead time in the past, mm-hmm. you just you just don't know, and you're just always kind of revolving and. And uh, trying to adjust as needed because that's kind of what you need to do to stay on top of things and keep projects on track right now. Is that a COVID thing or why is that? Um, I believe it is a COVID thing. Okay. Yes. And when factories were shut down and, you know, set fact- manufacturing and, and everything behind. Has that been the, the biggest um, uh, frustration level? Or I guess there's always something with any project, but... Man, when you want to be on time, right? That's what you do. Yes, I mean, for sure. <laughs> you know, how, how frustrating has that been at, at times? And how do, how do you adjust to that? It's it's very challenging. I mean, you want to always try to be on time, on budget. 
Um, but then sometimes it's, you know, when things have a really long lead time, you have to pick out something else. It can mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you don't want to delay the project. And sometimes it does have cost implications. And so oh, sure. you're always, yep. um, you just have to be flexible and try to adjust because that's, I mean, we do anyways, but especially mm-hmm. now it's, it's critical. In, in your talks with, uh, and when you visited Topgolf in Minneapolis, I guess it's a general question, but why are these places becoming so popular and why in 2010, 20, you know, 20, whatever, what, why not 1980? Did we not have the technology for that? Why now? You know, or is that just the dumbest question ever? And I'm, I'm used know. to, you, no, you, you can tell me. Question. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish I knew the answer um, on that one. And I, I don't know what But they're is. immensely popular, aren't they, across the country? Yes, yes, they are. What, what, what did you learn about your trip to Minneapolis? Because it's winter, right? It's, it's winter up mm-hmm. here and it's winter there. And maybe we should get into that right now. But uh, when you talk to the people in Minneapolis, when it's 10 below, are there still people golfing? Um, I, I'm not sure if it's 10 below. You know, when it gets to be the 30 below, they're probably not, not, not out there. Okay. Uh, when we toured, it was actually, I believe it was late February. It mm-hmm. happened to be a very nice day. Um, it was sunny. We went there, it was like, I don't know, late morning, and I thought that we were going to be the only people in the facility, and it was, the parking lot was full. You're kidding. No. <laughs> and there were not just like, um, you know, retired people there. There were people of all ages there, younger people, older people, uh, families, couples, and yeah, they were all just there having a great time. There was still some snow uh, around on the driving range, yep. and that was pushed off to the side, and Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was full. It was late so morning. busy. It was yeah. probably 30 degrees or something. Yeah. A, a nice know, day. We had, you know, and we um, golfed. Then we did, you know, like take our jackets off and they had the heaters on. And yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. You know, here's here's an example of when I thought, okay, will sweet shots work in Fargo? Will a place like this work in Fargo or Minneapolis? I was down in Sioux Falls last December and the COVID shutdown was very real. It was... Not many people were out and about. I was down there for North Dakota State basketball covering the uh, Dakota shootout, I think they called it. And where the tournament was held was at the Sanford Pentagon. And next to the Sanford Pentagon is the Great Shots facility. I don't know if you, did you tour that one too? I have not been okay. there, but quite a few other people have been there. So, so we go, I, I went by there early afternoon, again, December day, and it was almost packed. And I'm going, wow. You know, and this is yeah. Sioux Falls. This is in Minneapolis. So I thought, well, Sioux Falls, Fargo, similar populations. Yes. I think you're onto something. <laughs> so maybe, you know, it, it's just a, a, a the way we are now in society. Um, is there something about the, the bays, the, the technology, the, uh, the engineering of it that you've had to really assimilate to? Uh, there's just a lot of technology and coordination with mm-hmm. with um, all of those pieces and yeah. how they talk to each other. And, you know, this vendor is providing this piece and this vendor is providing this other piece and to make sure everything's coordinated together and the, mm-hmm. the conduits and the wiring and all these different items. Yeah. And <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot about technology with this project. Awesome. It looks so simple when you go there, but you it don't isn't. realize. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. Yeah. Kim Matson from Principal Architect at Design Resources Group. I got to get that right. 
This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to have more with Kim and more about uh, what's actually going on in that part of Fargo. It's really pretty exciting. Stay with us back right after this. Did you hit it twice? Chili Dipper. Did you hit it twice? And we are back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show as presented by Michelob Ultra on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. We are in the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Kim Matson is the principal architect for Design Resources Group out of Fargo, heavily involved in the design of Sweet Shots, the, in, the top golf-like facility being uh, constructed in South Fargo. Kim, it, it's large. This is a large project. It is, yeah. It's um, <laughs> as far as scope. Is this something? Uh, is this about as big as it gets? I mean, you're talking a huge footprint here. You know, it, go, it uh, the netting extends on a, a couple hundred yards out. Yep. It's high. A lot going into the building. Um, how cool is this? It's it's been pretty exciting, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, yeah, keep going. Uh, oh no, it's it's just a, a really unique project. the The research behind it has been been fun. Um, working with uh, the whole ownership group has mm-hmm. been has been wonderful, and yeah, it's just been a been a f- really fun process along the way. There's kind of a little niche going on there, right? There's some facility going next door. Yes, and that'll be. What is it about? You know, you can golf here, or is it a? What else is going next door there? Um. Well, I'm not sure if I'm if they. I don't believe that they've publicly announced it yet, so oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm at liberty to say what's all going on there. But it will be. Uh, it will be family oriented, and there will be a lot of um, fun options. Awesome to also do there as well. The direction of the facility is facing east, so you're golfing to the east. Yes, and. You, you you know, at first thought, I thought, well, wouldn't you want to take advantage of the su- southern sun, especially during the winter? But why east? What's the, what's the reason behind that? Um, well, it was already, when I had uh, become involved with the project, it was already laid out on the site like that. But uh-huh. I believe um, it was the sun, it was the wind taking into account, plus um, just how the the orientation of the the lot and, okay. and the land that was available for that spot. And all that stuff all, is, is predetermined uh, before you got there. Yes. What are some of the most exciting projects you've worked on before this? I'm curious. Uh, I've been involved with some medical facilities mm-hmm. in uh, in Grand Forks. Uh, there's a hospital there and a wide variety of clinics um, that I started um, quite a few years back, but mm-hmm. that was very exciting. That was a whole new learning process for me and working with uh, quite a variety of, of doctors yeah. with that. Um, hair success, mm-hmm. uh, that was a very fun one. Um, cutting edge, gallery of jewelry. Uh, there's been a lot well, of... Well, you just do all different stuff. Yes. Do you do, do, you yes. do basic houses or, or that's not your deal? Nope. No, yep. uh, no single family residential. Okay. Uh, we do multifamily, so we've done quite a few uh, apartment buildings and townhomes around the, around the area. A North Dakota State graduate, are, are you a football fan? Have you been to Frisco? Do you do, you do that? I have kind not of thing? been to Frisco. I would like to at least go one time to say I've gone. Okay, no uh, pressure, Bison. <laughs> <laughs> Kim wants to go to Frisco. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm a Bison fan. I like to go to games, watch mm-hmm. games on TV, for sure. 
the uh, the the NDSU golf team, and I don't know if you've if you're part of if this is part of the design process, but I think golf teams are going to benefit a lot from this from the um oh what's it called the uh, golf academy space. Yes, the training academy. Yeah, what is that all about? When you when when you look at that and and go see it right now. Um, there are like four hitting bays that could possibly be they're being designed similar mm-hmm. to the rest of the hitting bays in okay. there, but it can also be closed off and part of this training academy. Yep. There'll be some um, putty green in there. And then there's also um, the putting green area with the putt view technology that I'm sure Mark Johnson can explain that yeah. better than <laughs> me. <laughs> but it looks really cool uh, where it projects a light down and it, the the putting area will have some terrain to it mm-hmm. and holes and it'll help to teach you how to putt and kind of guide yep. and show you where your ball is supposed to go. Um, so that's yeah, where, that's where, that's where I need to crazy. be. <laughs> you know, technology is crazy. It's more than golf, though. There's a restaurant bar component. Yes. Clue us into everything that's going on with that. Um, it will be some, I'm not sure what the, what the menu is going to be yet, but I, um, yeah, you don't design the menu, you no, design the facility. It'll be available for taste testing. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> Do you need somebody to review it? I, I got some writing experience. <laughs> yes. Or, or the cocktail yeah. the drink menu. Uh, no, that will be, um, a great, a great part of this project that will also, um, serve the banquet areas that they have there too, but a full, uh, restaurant, bar, you can also order food out into the hitting bays. Mm-hmm. Um, plus there there will be the simulator suites down in kind of that first floor training academy um, putting area as okay. well. Now there's three floors, correct? Yes. So how do you, when you, during the design process, is there a restaurant, uh, is, you know, I mean, is there one kitchen or you know and everybody's going up and down stairs how does that work uh sort of there's uh the restaurant's on the second floor and so the kitchen is on the second floor Mm -hmm. as well and then there is a secondary kind of service kitchen on third floor that can help to support that area too typically third floor is the uh busiest that's where people want to go oh of course yeah you want to go to yep you want to go on top top floor yep so purposely more there's more attention paid to that in, in serving drinks and stuff like that. Correct. Yep. 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 The, but there's there's a service elevator too and and stairs for staff to use, but there will be some up and down. Sports and booze, what a concept. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> all good things. <laughs> yeah. All, and food and, and, and cater. I'm an old school guy, Kim. I'm fifty seven years old and there were people even on the course who would be playing music and I grew up with my dad would never like, no, golf's Got to be quiet, you know. <laughs> and now people are, you know, got their Bluetooth speakers cranking. And I, I have no problem with that anymore. I, I've I've grown up to the accept that, and I actually I almost enjoy it at sometimes. But golf and then a restaurant combined is just, you know, think about that when you're going to school at NDSU. Probably it was never even a concept. You know, how how do you, no. concepts like this are born or. Yeah, I just uh, you're around innovative people. What's it take for innovative people to think about these things when when you go through projects? Oh, is <laughs> sometimes the things that come up, you're just like, uh, you you know, it, it just kind of hits you, and you're like, ah, uh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let uh, me think about that, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> are you going to use this? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. Yep. And my kids and something to do as a family. And I mean, it's really it really is a place for people of all ages. And it's kid friendly. So kids can go in there and you know, just whack away at a golf ball or have a pop or I think you can have parties there too, I'd imagine. You can, yeah. What, what kind of space is devoted to that? Uh, well, there are banquet rooms that can be split up into various sizes, mm-hmm. and um, there's some bays that are a little bit larger. So if you didn't want, like, your whole private room, you could have, you know, like some tables and some food set up in the back of the hitting base. You could just yep. kind of hang out there. There'll be couches and tables. Oh, cool. um, yeah, plus there's uh, the simulator suites. You could have, like, a group down oh, there. Oh, there's a suite down there. Yep, wow. you have like your own suite. So, and you don't have to always uh, play golf on the simulator suites. There's different games that you can play. So you can like shoot zombies or do hunting games. And so it's, Isn't that it's crazy? not all golf. Thank you so much, Kim. It, it, this has been great. I, I just so thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Thanks. That's Kim Matson, principal architect for Sweet Shots, the golf facility going down in South Fargo. This is Jeff Kopak. One of the principal characters involved in the group, Mark Johnson's up right after this. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me in wonder. And we're back. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, 740thefan.com is the address. Thanks again for Kim Matson for her time today. Kim, of course, the architect of Sweet Shots and probably makes a pretty good segue as we head into another one of the principal figures of the facility down at South Fargo. Mark Johnson is formerly the Head professional at Fargo Country Club, now with Sweet Shots. And uh, also going to talk to Mark and about the North Dakota Bobcat Open, Bobcat North Dakota Open, which is coming up. And uh, I always love that tournament. It's almost a staple. It's a, it's a year-end golf show staple for me. Without further ado, Mark Johnson. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Absol- absolutely. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the architect of of your facility and what she's done out there. What comes to mind? Oh man, uh, Kim's been just amazing uh, to take the concept, uh, the ideas that we've had, and, and she's she's implemented those into into the design. She's just been uh, an amazing asset to have work on the project. And you know, we we were. Fortunate enough, early on, you know, with partnering with Top Golf using mm-hmm. Top Tracer, they did assign um, the gentleman Mark Castor, who built the first twenty of these or so in the in the U.S. And he's a South Dakota guy, and he came up and it's been just a wonderful uh, asset reference for us. Should we do this? Can we change this? And a lot of those ideas, you know, kind of stem from meeting with Kim, and and uh, I, I think we, we've uh, we've built a a better uh, a better facility for it and uh she's just been a, an amazing amazing asset um so she's always open to ideas uh but yet she'll stand firm with hey this needs to be done this way and um mm-hmm. she, she's just been unbelievable this is not like building a house mark where you have your basics of building a house this is a facility that is unlike anything in the community so you have all these different variables coming together was there, from your end, arguments? Is it pretty smooth? Uh, everything. I mean, when you when you have a facility like that, I, I just can't imagine everything. There's no real blueprint. 
Right. No, it's it's been pretty smooth. And of course, you know, we don't know what we don't know until we get in there and realize, oh, maybe we should have thought of this. But mm-hmm. um, I I think because, you know, and that's been Kim's role. She's just been so focused on point on it. And it is a unique building, you know, just subtle things like the curve of the building. Um, and then the functionality of some of the rooms and how it needs to interface with the with the IT, with the with the camera-based technology, it's it's more than just you know a building. Uh, this thing is really an interactive uh, experience that you know folks are going to, I think, be amazed with. And and so there's a lot of things behind the scenes nuance that uh, that Kim just uh, she got, and and that balance between functionality and uh, aesthetics. And making sure we get this done, you know, in a in a timely and and, and price effective manner. I mean, she just she just nailed it. So um, it's a it's a very unique building. And I think once folks get in there, they'll they'll see that. Once it gets up and up and running, what's going to be your role? What's what is the public going to see you out there doing? Well, you know, once we get going, I'm excited that I'll shift into a lane back into the golf experience for for the customer for the guest. Um, and that goes from, you know, we'll host a lot of corporate business events that'll merge uh, food and beverage with the golf experience, fundraising events. Uh, so currently I'm, I'm helping behind the scenes organize uh, many events that are booking already. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have an, a learning academy, club fitting, club sales, club repair. Uh, we're really excited about that simulator space and, and what we're going to bring for learn-to-play programs for the community. Um, so I'll help coordinate the activities in, in that academy space as well. We'll have a staff, a, a teaching staff that we're excited about. Um, but I'll be I'll be more towards the golf experience and let folks that are experts in food and beverage and, and, and kind of behind-the-scenes facility management, I'm going to let, let those folks uh, play to their strength. Mark Johnson joins us on the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Mark, is it fundamentally going to be different than what you did all those years at the Fargo Country Club? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, fundamentally, I, I'm approaching it once I do shift back in the lane of of that the golf experience. Um, that's that's my that's kind of the root of this for me, and it's it's what are we bringing to the person that wants to wants to uh, play golf and mm-hmm. and this is a segment of the industry that's growing and, and folks are recognizing that this you're a golfer you, you come to this and whether you're playing on the simulators or you're playing um, a, a points game you're, you're playing you're playing golf out there so fundamentally I'm going to approach it as this is an opportunity to introduce the game to people to mm-hmm. grow the game and to uh, you know you never know you kind of foster that little spark in someone that uh, that learns uh, learns the game and then uses it for good, whether it's spending time with family or business associates or, you know, just recreating, just spending some time together. So at the root, it's very, uh, I'm, I'm approaching it um, similar, but, you know, it is very different than a day-to-day at a, at a high-end private country club where, you know, we, you know, we're worried about uh, certainly different things than we are at, at a public um, golf simulator facility. So, um, as a PGA member, I'm approaching it as uh, this is an opportunity to grow the game. So in that sense, it's similar. Right, very good. Speaking of the country club, you haven't left your duties altogether at the FCC. Still tournament director of the Bobcat, correct? That's right. Yep, and that's a unique relationship that 
the Country Club has had with the North Dakota Open Foundation and the Village Family Service Center and Bobcat. And mm-hmm. it's been going on since the early 80s, that, that relationship. And I'm privileged to, to be involved in that and uh, to do some good for the village, raise a lot of money. Bobcat's been just an amazing partner over the years. Um, and, and the Country Club, of course, for uh, giving up the golf course uh, that that weekend. So um, it was one of the things when I when I left, I asked if I could uh, still lead that event because I I believe in what it does for for the village and the community. And uh, and it's 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 a fun event. It's just it's uh, it's work, but it's it's a great opportunity to showcase Fargo Country Club and give folks an opportunity to play tournament golf on a on a golf course that's always set up to be just a fantastic test. When does that work, Mark, really start getting into high gear here? I'm guessing you've been working on it for a while. Give a sense of what you do as a tournament director for a professional event. Right. So, you know, it's part of the Dakota Tour, uh, which is a professional tour, uh, the mini tour. That actually starts in June. And uh, so we're the final event on the tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started. Uh, you know, we have meetings all winter long, just trying to organize this tour to make sure that it uh, hits the mark for these professionals. And we balance the events uh, between. You know, what's unique, Jeff, is these are pro am events. Most tours for these amateurs are for these professionals are pro only events. Right. And uh, we we like that we have a little niche in the Dakotas where it's 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 true to the true to the how we started, and that's. Uh, this is successful because the amateurs play in the event. So we kind of continue that those discussions all winter long. But um, with the with the automation with applications now and folks uh, send in their registration forms, it does take a lot of the manual labor of entering entry forms into an Excel spreadsheet. That's done now all on on computers. So that's yep. made things a little more. Uh, it's it's much easier to manage and. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we have a waiting list on both sides right now, professional and amateur. Um, so I'm really right now just managing those registrants. And uh, and then we move into pairing. I'll work with Fargo Country Club on, on the golf course, setting up the golf course. And, you know, another person that's been there forever is John Marks, USGA yeah. yep. extraordinaire. And he's, been, he's our starter again. And he marks the uh, whole locations. And it's just been a tradition that uh, that comes together each year. We probably do a lot of things that we don't, Actually, think about we just we just do them, um, but it's uh, it's 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 almost a year round endeavor. You kind of massage it year round to make sure when it does come these final weeks before the event, we're we're ready to go. So it's a little bit of a labor of love. It's a pretty complete event too. The schedule is as follows: on Tuesday, August twenty fourth, this coming Tuesday, the Bigs and Littles of the Big Brothers Big Sisters Golf Clinic. Thursday are as practice rounds. I've actually played a practice round a few times. Oh, maybe two or three times with one of the pros from the Dakotas tour. And if you don't think these guys, I mean, they're good. <laughs> this is there's such a sliver of hope, and maybe we'll talk about that later. A little sliver of difference between the PGA guys and these guys on the on the on the Dakotas tour. Friday is a pro am. Saturday is a second round, and then Sunday is the final round. I always enjoy that back nine on the FCC. Coming down the stretch, as they say. Before we take a break, Mark, why don't you address that? The difference between a Dakota's tour player and, say, a Tom Hoagie on a PGA tour. Right. Yeah, it's a great question. I get asked that a lot. And, you know, Tom's come back and, he, and he's won. And he's, while he's been playing on the PGA tour, he's come back and played in this event. Mm-hmm. And he's also been in contention in, in not one. 
and I and I talked to Tom, and um, I think we we both agreed. You know, the guys that are in the final pairing, last couple groups, they're they're probably playing at a level that week at Fargo Country Club, where they're playing at a level that they likely make the cut at the uh, at a PGA Tour event. So if you can imagine that, that's how good these guys are. Um, now it's having that opportunity to get into a PGA Tour event, and then it's and then it's playing at that level and everything that goes into playing in front of thousands and thousands of people, you know, there's just a whole different, uh, atmosphere environment when you're on the PGA tour. But, uh, these guys, they just, they're really good. Some of them are on their way up and they're getting better and they use this tour to get better. And some are maybe on their way down. They're going to transition. Hopefully maybe the champion tour. You think of like a Tim Ailes, mm-hmm. uh, plays at a really high level and he's a year or two away from the champions tour. So, uh, yeah, these guys are really close, and it maybe is a matter of playing great golf at the right time and parlaying that into into another opportunity, doing that again. So it's it's an opportunity for uh, folks in this community to watch them super golf those last couple groups for sure. Mark Johnson is the guest, the tournament director of the Bobcat North Dakota Open, again coming up next weekend at the Fargo Country Club. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. More with Mark right after this. And we return, final segment. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. Of course, the show always brought to you from KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Mark Johnson, the tournament director of the Bobcat North Dakota Open, is the guest coming up this weekend at the Fargo Country Club. We just got done talking about the Dakotas Tour players, Mark, and we've seen some pretty good players over the years, anything stand out to you when you when you look back at your years with the tournament? I look at the everybody had an eagle on one <laughs> number sixteen or something, but uh, moments like that have really been uh, common. I think. Right. Yeah. It. You know, this is uh, this will be my sixteenth one of these, and that that you know to have three players make a deuce a two on a par four. Um, down the stretch, that was pretty amazing, and folks still talk about that around the around the club mm-hmm. um, and how those deuces were made. But um, it it seems to be a lot of these guys. Um, it ends up kind of being um, a, a a stepping stone for them, and you, and you watch some of these guys come through and, and play in the North Dakota Open, and then go on to mm-hmm. to play in bigger and better things, and the confidence they get from from playing in the North Dakota Open and Time and time again, we get the we get the comment. This feels like a tour event. You know, mm-hmm. you do it. This is this is. We come back and last year with COVID, a lot of those guys were kind of without a place to play. It was just awkward. And uh, we had guys that had corn ferry status, which is the step right below the PGA Tour corn ferry status. They had an off week and they came and played specifically in our event, and it was the only event they played in. Uh, on the Dakotas tour that year. And they came back with that message that, Hey, this, you guys set up the golf course. It's a good test tournaments. Well run. Um, we, we play in this because it's a great experience. It feels like a tour event. Um, so I, I look at it, you know, a guy like Eric Van Royen, um, mm-hmm. played for the university of Minnesota and he, he won last week. It was a, um, counter event to the, the uh, world golf championship, but that's a big time win. And he played, a couple of years at North Dakota Open, and 
and I think when you look back over the years, we like to tag those guys that that uh, take pride in the fact that hey, they they played here, and and you know, in some small way, we we had a part in developing them. Right. Um, yep. Whether they had success here or not, the course is in absolutely grade A PGA Tour condition. Are you going to try to toughen it up? Have you talked with the superintendent? What's the plan here? Yeah, we haven't specifically, you know, and it's a member's course first, right? So Mm -hmm. we really never want to grow the rough and make the experience for the members miserable. That's, that's not the goal. And, you know, we don't, we, we don't mind that the players go low. Um, And really what, what keeps them from going low is if you had high rough, firm greens, firm, fast uh, greens, and then some wind. Well, we know we're not going to let the rough grow up, but we can control the firmness and quickness of the greens, assuming we don't get rain, and uh, and we can't control the wind. So the likelihood that they're going to go low, it, it, there's a chance, and we're, we're okay with that. I think it still identifies the best player, um, even if the rough isn't up. Um, it's benefit to be in the fairway because when the greens get that firm and fast, if you can't have a clean strike on the ball, it's tough to control your distance and control your spin and get the ball to stop on a firm, fast green. So, uh, you know, Joe and his crew, they, they, they love this week. Um, they have a lot of experience. Our maintenance staff, uh, at Fargo, they've, they've worked major championships. Uh, you know, uh, Joe's gone out of Wingfoot, uh, us open. Um, they've, they've helped at the 3M in the twin cities, the, the Phoenix open. So they've seen tournament golf at its highest level. And that's the product they're going to give these guys. Andre Metzger is a defending champion. Andre played great golf last year. He's from Sioux Falls. You see some veteran names that really end up, I think, at the top of the leaderboard. You talk about so many good young players. I think this tournament, really, when it comes down to it in that final nine, when you have some experience, and it's it gets hot. I mean, it, it gets hot in talking about a heated competition. What is it about experience coming down the stretch there that really, I think, uh, prevails for some of these guys over a kid who's maybe in contention and, and is in a learning experience. Yeah, it's you're spot on. I mean, and I remember the interview you did with Andre after his round and he talked about patience mm-hmm. and a couple places he had iron off the tee, you know, being positioned versus trying to overpower the golf course. And that's not the norm right now. These young guys coming in, they, they're just bombing it. And, um, you know, you think of a Bryson DeChambeau and, his, his approach to the game and it's not necessarily working out all the time for him. And Andre was refreshing. And that's what the back nine at Fargo country club, it's their small greens sloped back to front. You really don't want to go over the, any of these greens. And it's a, it's, it's narrow back there as far as fairway widths and trees. It's tough to win playing from the trees. It, it, you know, so now you're punching out, so Andre and these guys with the experience just understand, you know, sometimes playing to the front of these greens, there's nothing wrong with that. You might not make your birdie, but you eliminate the chance of making a bogey. Um, so when you talk about experience, yeah, it adds up, especially you get, you get a young guy out there and they're in contention. Maybe it's the first time and, and uh, they get a little too aggressive. It's really easy to make bogeys on the back nine at FCC. So patience, playing to the front of greens, um, it went a long way for Andre, and I think that's why you see these guys that have played out here a while do well at Fargo Country Club. 
As tournament director, what do you look forward to this weekend when you look at these players? You've had some contentious rulings in the past, have you not? Well, I don't know. Contentious. Maybe not oh, so contentious. Difficult. Yeah, difficult. I mean, you know, yeah. we've had to disqualify a fellow that was in the final group, um, and he signed an incorrect scorecard. That, yeah, that's uh, it's tough to do uh, personally. You know, because that he's trying to build a career, and it, he just cost himself about eight thousand dollars, which that's a huge thing to to a guy living week to week. Um, so, but you know, the rules of golf, um, they they speak for themselves, meaning as a tournament administrator, we're just administrating the rules. We're not making up rules. We're not interpreting rules. Mm -hmm. So really golf is a unique game where many times they're calling penalties on themselves or having to, having to implement a ruling. Um, They might call us in for clarification, but, um, and that's where John Mark's been, been wonderful. And guys in the past, like David Booth, folks that have helped on the USGA side, um, yeah, I, it, it's it's part of the it's part of the tournament. Um, but when the golf course is as good as it is, too, there's not many rulings. But you always run into somebody hits the wrong ball or yeah. um, <laughs> you know a lost ball situation. That it's unfortunate, but it's pretty black and white. The rules kind of speak for themselves, and we just we just implement the ruling. Well, look forward to it, Mark. Thanks again for all you do for the tournament. Thanks for again. Uh, for the fans out there, Sunday afternoon at the Fargo Country Club, it is high-level golf. If you've never seen a pro strike a ball, it's just different. It's different. It looks different. It sounds different. And it's really good stuff to see. Thanks again, Mark, and good luck for the tournament. Best. Uh, we'll see you at the course. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me on. Yep, thanks. That's Mark Johnson from Sweet Shots and the tournament director of the Bobcat North Dakota Open. That will do it. For this edition of the Golf Show, this is Jeff Kopak and thanks for Kim Matson for joining us at the beginning of the hour. Until next week, hit them straight.